Hey everybody, welcome back. It is Barbara Gian at barbaragian.com. Welcome to the Something to Bless podcast. If you're new, I am so happy that you have joined us today and that I hope that you're here to stay. If you're an OG, I love you guys. I'm so grateful for all of you. We have a very special guest on the show today and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about her in just a second. Before we jump into that, I have a couple of things. First, if you have not yet rated and reviewed the show, I'm going to ask that you take 30 seconds and go do that. Not only does it make my day or will it make my day, but it also will help grow this show. We need to get this show and push it out as much as possible. And there's an algorithm for podcasts, just like there is for social media. So the more reviews that are there, the more it helps me again, makes my day, but it really does help. Um, to grow this show and, and push it out there. Secondly, this show is brought to you by the Always Faithful Prayer Devotional and Journal. And this is a great way for you to support the show. If you don't have a, a morning routine, or maybe you do, um, you can plug this right into your routine or use it to kind of jumpstart a new routine. This journal has space for you to journal and it has questions for reflection. It has a key scripture every week, uh, daily declarations. It has so much packed in it. I use mine every day, even though it's a weekly devotional. You can, There's things to do every day and it makes a really great gift. I know the holidays are kind of approaching. I don't even want to talk too much about that because I don't like starting things too early. We haven't even reached Halloween yet. So I'll kind of save that for later. Uh, but you can grab that in the show notes. The link's always there. Or you can just head over to my website, barbaragian.com, and find it there. Okay, are you ready? I am talking today to my good, dear friend, Karina. Um, and she has quite the story for all of us. And, you know, I said at the beginning, this show is the Something to Bless podcast. And I had to kind of sit back and think to myself about that title that I chose very intentionally. And part of the reason that I bring guests on is I just believe strongly and firmly that we can learn something from every single person we will ever meet, no matter what, right? But there are certain people who have lived through things that we can truly, I don't know if the right saying is we can never imagine or we we can't imagine or we can only imagine. I don't know which one is more accurate, but things that we can't quite grasp how they are able to endure and overcome and stay standing. And Karina is one of those people. She has gone through more things than the average person can even fathom. And my favorite part of all of this is that she grabbed hold of the one and only thing, the one and only source that can get us through anything in life. And you know what that is or who that is. It's God. So I just love her testimony. Um, she is going to share it with us. She's being vulnerable. She's being raw. She's being real. She's just letting it all out. And um, I just love her so much for that. I know you guys are going to love her and you're going to feel um, you're going to feel something just hearing her share today. So I am going to just 
cut in and let you hear my conversation with my good friend, Karina Salgado. So you and I met at our sisterhood Bible study group, which isn't it so amazing, our group? It's so yes. big and just, it's just so powerful every single time. The funny thing is we've only met in person at the same table that we sit at, I think I want to say three times. Yeah, something around there. Right? Yeah. And the first time that I met you, I knew right away because of something that was mentioned or brought up during our small talk, or not small talk, table talk conversations after the message. I was really intrigued by just a piece of your story. And I knew I wanted to learn more about you for myself, but also to share with my my listeners, because I think you have a really powerful testimony. And I love that we are so many years apart. You could be my daughter, girlfriend, but <laughs> we have a child the same age. Yeah. Yep. And it's so, so cool. But you're a mama of two. So I am. Yeah. The, the girls are 13 and two. So they're two. 11 years apart. Okay. Similar to me. Mine are all six years apart, but 12 between the oldest and youngest. Okay. So what I want to do is. I want to go back to maybe 14, 15 year old Karina and find out what life was like for you at that time, your family, your school, your social life. And also, because I don't know about this, your faith life, if that was even a part of your life at that time. So let's take it back to that, I guess, high school, right? That would be 10th grade. Freshman year. Yeah, it was my freshman year. So freshman year, I it's so funny because I feel like I've evolved, I think, so much throughout the years. But 14-year-old me was always very spunky and fun and very loud and just, I think, full of life. I grew up at, you know, with a with my two parents at home, my two younger brothers. So I'm the eldest from three of us. And It was all good. It was all really, I mean, it's nothing is ever perfect at a household, but I mean, I would say that I did have like the picture perfect little family, I guess. And then I had Audrina. I got pregnant at 14. So yeah, halfway through second semester, my freshman year, I got pregnant with Audrina and it was a very toxic relationship. I was so young and I was I think till this day, unfortunately, I'm a bit of a people pleaser, but I definitely have set my boundaries as I've gotten older. But I had, I'm sorry, let's go back to when I was in fifth grade. I, that's my first time I, I suffered loss. My best friend at 12 had committed suicide. So yeah, so death has been very like, I guess a thing in my life, unfortunately. And then after that, that was my best friend from fifth grade, she passed away. And then my grandma that I was really close to passed away in seventh grade. So I was very with death, it was scary to me. And it, it, it was just a big trigger. So fast forward again to, you know, my toxic relationship, Audrina's biological father, Audrina's my eldest daughter. It was very toxic and it was very much like, if you leave me, like I'm going to kill myself type situation. And he knew that those were big triggers for me. And unfortunately, I don't, it obviously takes two, but I was so young and naive that I didn't know any better. So Audrina came out. That was the outcome of that situation. 15, 16 years old. Well, at 15, I right away ended up getting homeschooled. I went to charter school. So 
all of that. At 16, I started working. I was a single mom, basically, because he was just in and out of jail. And that was something oh that I didn't – yeah, I didn't want to so deal with. he was with. older, I'm guessing. He was only a year older. Yeah, he was just not in the right headspace, I guess, till this day. But so I took it upon me to just do it on my own. And I've never been the type to put things in Audrina's head about her biological father or her um, biological father's family. I've just let it play out and let her be her own person. I think that's really important because I don't ever want her to feel like I kept her away or I put things in her head or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, faith, I grew up Catholic. Um, It was more of like a chore, unfortunately, for me to go to church on Sundays. And it was very rare. Like if I would go to my aunt's house, then it was, then you're going to come to church with us on Sunday. Or, Or we would go to church if it was like a baptism or like a funeral, unfortunately, or a quinceanera or a wedding or one of those things. It was never really like a big, big thing with my parents. But they did have a relationship with God. They didn't go to church, but they did have a relationship with God. I think my dad more than anyone does. And so that was my my relationship, my status basically with, with religion and God. And then fast forward to, I think, just my early 20s and my late teens and all that. I mean, I was just trying to survive. I mean, I was a young mom and I was trying to go to school, but then I ended up just getting this job that, I mean, I was at for eight years. I just stopped working there. Yeah, like this past April, I believe. And it opened up a lot of opportunities for me, that place. I learned a lot, but I was just living the typical 20-something-year-old life. I mean, I was a softball mom and all that, but then I also like to have my fun. And it was never something that I really, I guess, took serious, my my faith or anything like that. And settling down, I always thought that I would never have another kid. Oh, wow. And you were young. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I think I was just so like, well, my kid's going to be older and it's all me and her, me and her, Miss Independent. And that's the thing that I've said. I think that I just was somehow programmed to just rely on myself and no one else. And like my mom and dad would always tell me, like, you got yourself into a mess, you're going to get yourself out of it. So it was never me relying on my parents or nothing was ever given to me as like on a platter. You know, it was you want it, you work for it. So that's what I would do. If it was even two jobs at 17, 18, then that's what I was doing. Yeah, I finished high school, I think six months early. So that was a big achievement for me. But my dad was very strict on me. I mean, I finished early, but I still wasn't able to go to prom. I still wasn't able to go to grad night, any of that, because quote unquote, I had a daughter. So I had to stay home and work and be a mom, basically. So Right. So that was the the trade-off, the sacrifice that you had to make at such a young age. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing you still lived at home all those years. Your teen years, you had your baby. You're trying to raise your, you're a kid, basically raising a kid. You had, I'm sure there's support to some extent. Yeah. Family support. Was that something that was there for you while you tried finished school and worked and did all that? Yes. 
I was very, very blessed to have my mom there. She wasn't working at the time. So she would pick me up, take me to school, watch Audrina. And even throughout, I think she, I think she didn't start working until Audrina like started school again. So that was a huge blessing in itself, just because I didn't have to take, take her to daycare or any of that. So I did have that support. And I mean, my parents, I think looking back at it now, I mean, it was, I I was so upset with them. Like, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that or anything? But it definitely built character. And I think it made me think twice before I did anything that wasn't so smart, you know? So yeah, because it's such a hard lesson to, to learn. I mean, it really changed the entire direction of your life. And Definitely affected your entire high school experience. So many of the yeah. things that you're used to doing at that age or were, were used to hearing about kids doing at that age, you completely, you just couldn't do them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes I think like, I always think, well, what was the purpose of that situation? But I see so many girls my age that had kids that young and they're with more than just one kid at the time in high school or they didn't they just weren't in the right headspace because everything was kind of just given to them so I think that that did build a lot of character for me and did make me strong but I wish that I would have had that relationship with God that I have now back then but I was young so you live and you learn unfortunately so let's fast forward to mid-20s I was like I said independent working I I don't need a man type situation, any of that. I didn't want to settle down, none of that. I had had my past relationships. I did have some serious relationships, but I don't think anything was ever too serious until a guy from my past came, and this guy wasn't ever someone I dated in the past. It was my friend from middle school. So in seventh grade, I met Lorenzo and It was very, like, we just had the strongest personalities and we would bump heads in middle school. And it was just, that's just how we, we just weren't, I would say the best of friends. We were just classmates, I guess. And so then we somehow, God brought us back together, I like to say, mid-20s. And we just started dating. We started dating and one thing led to another and I definitely fell head over heels for him. And I had never received that love and support until him, I believe, in a relationship. And he loved Audrina. Audrina loved him. It was very, it was a very strong relationship that they two had. Because that Um, has to be hard too. Like just that alone, bringing another man into the picture and them meshing or clicking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. They did bump heads. They, like I said, we just have very strong personalities and, Audrina does too. She gets it from me, obviously. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's how you get through situations, you know? So that happened. We decided to get our own place. So I moved out and then we found out I was pregnant. And for me, it was a very, it was a very hard situation because years before that, I suffer with ovarian cysts. So I believe 18, I had had surgery and because I had to have two cysts, but one of them ended up being a tumor. I think it was on my left side. I can't remember what side it was now, but it ended up stopping the blood flow to my ovary. So I only have like half an ovary left. And they had told me it's going to be very, very hard for you to get pregnant. So 
Lorenzo and I had always talked about like wanting a baby, but we just didn't think it would happen because of that. And sure enough, we found out I was pregnant and we were going to have a little girl. And I, we just, what more appropriate name than destiny? I think that that was, she was just our destiny for us to reconnect and for me to be able to have a baby again. And later on in life, now that I was more ready and I mean, I don't think you could ever be ready enough for a baby, but something that I definitely was ready for, I thought at that time. So we had our baby girl December 6, 2020, right in the epidemic of, you know, COVID and yeah, the heat of COVID and obviously moving in with your partner. It's definitely, it takes you through a whirlwind because it's definitely different living with somebody than just seeing them every day. But it was great. I mean, we were making it work. We we felt really accomplished for our age. And he had a good job. And so did I. And everything was just falling into place. Everything was just, like, getting there. And Lorenzo had always wanted, like, five or six kids. He said he wanted, like, a whole baseball, basketball team, he would say. So that happened. And then September 10th, I had just started going back into the office here and there. And that day I did go back into the office. He was at work and he had called me and we would call and text each other. I kid you not. At all times, the whole day, like we would just talk all the time. Like the honeymoon stage never stopped for us. I mean, we would obviously fight like cats and dogs, but we would text each other 24 seven. Oh my and- God. You're one of those couples. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm really not like I'm a really, really bad texter, but I guess you do it for the people you love. Right. You know what they say. And anytime that he got a chance to like FaceTime me when he, cause he was a FedEx driver. So anytime that he would have a stop, he would FaceTime me or show me what he was at for lunch or whatever the case may be. So that day he had told me, hey, can you pick up dust? Like, I think I'm just going to go have like a drink with the guys just really quick Friday and well-deserved. I mean, he wasn't a drinker, like a hard drinker. It was just like a beer and that was it. Um, And so I was like, okay. So I went to go pick up Destiny and something in me just kept poking at me, like telling me to go. But I was like, I'm not going to be the only girl that goes to go have a drink with the guys or just show up with the baby. And mind you, it was right up the hill where we live. Like it was like five minutes away. And time just passed and Lorenzo's a big talker. He's a big people person. And so they were just there talking on the Friday night. And I went, I picked up Audrina and we had picked up some food and then we took the route home. And I kid you not, it must have been like maybe 10 minutes after after I got home. I Audrina was in the shower and I was like trying to hurry up and eat my food because I was mad that he wasn't home yet. And I was like, I'm not going to let him have any of my food, obviously. So I'm just going to hurry <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm going to hurry up and eat my French fries because I know that he's going to want them. So I was in my room and then I just hear a knock at the door. And normally he does that when the door is locked and he's just trying to get in really quick because he has to run to the bathroom or something. And I was like, nope, like he can open the door. I'm not walking all the way over there. And then I heard it again. And once I heard the second knock, I was like, okay, it's not him. And so I opened the door and it's his coworker. And his coworker lived in our same apartment complex. And I just look at him. I'm like, what's up? And he told me, he said, something happened. And I was like, 
okay, what, did he get pulled over? Like, is there an accident? You know, I don't, what could, why would he be at my door? And he was like, there was an accident. And I'm like, okay, was he okay? Like, never in my mind did I think it was something horrible. I thought it was like a fender bender or I don't know. And so he goes, yeah, he's okay, but you need to get, you need to get over there like right now. And I'm thinking like, okay, like he probably like told his buddy to come call me. I don't know, whatever. So then I'm like, okay, well he needs to wait because Audrina's in the shower. I have the baby. Destiny was eight months at the time. And so he's like, no, no, no. Like you need to get there like now. And when I heard that in his voice, I was like, okay, what, what's going on? So I rushed Audrina out of the bath, out of the shower. She was 11 at the time. Runs out of the shower, wet hair, all of that. We get in the car. I'm calling my in-laws to let them know that something had happened. I just wasn't aware of what it was. And I live where I live. It's literally down the street from the accident. And I was trying to get go that route and the cops already had already closed down the street. So I personally have seen plenty of accidents on the side of the road that they don't have to close down the street. So I was thrown off by that. And I immediately played the, which I never do, but I did it that night. My niece is a OPD. And I immediately was like, well, is Jelena working right now? I just threw her name out to see if they would just let me in because I knew somebody and he goes no she's not but he's like who what who's your family member like in the accident and I was like he drives this car blah 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 and then he calls over to his radio and he's like yeah you can't go over there right now he's like we'll come and talk to you and I'm thinking like what the heck is going on why aren't they letting me go what again never in my mind am I thinking it's something bad and so I park at the school and we're there waiting. My cousin comes and then my in-laws come and no one is able to get through through that street. They have to like go around, like detour around the street. And we were there from, I believe it was like 730 and or I want to say 740 until probably like 11 o'clock at night. And we see the helicopters get there. We hear the ambulances and, you know, they're saying like two people are going through the helicopter and one's going through the ambulance. And I'm thinking, okay, so he's obviously going to one of those hospitals. And at this time, I mean, I am, I'm calm, but I'm not calm just because I'm like, he's going to, he's fine. He's going to be at the hospital, but he's fine. And I call my dad. He shows up with my brother and I honestly did call my dad just to have like the comfort of having my dad there. Nothing else. That man, when he got there, he jumped out of the car, like lightly said hi to me and immediately like went to the scene. Like he didn't, he wasn't there to play around. He's like, what have they told you? What's going on? I'm like, they haven't told us anything. They told us to stay here. And he's like, no, no, like, let's go. So um, him and Lorenzo's dad went, they were trying to like, they just weren't letting us through. Um, so I was calling hospitals, trying to do all that. And I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't there. No, he's not here. No, we haven't got anybody by the name. Um, and so I'm just calling my niece, like, have you, can you tell me anything? Do you know anything? And the cops aren't telling her anything either, because at this point it's her family as well. So I'm just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And I think it was around 10 o'clock, 1030. 
I see my dad coming down, walking down with my brother and my cousin, and he just throws his hands up. And I had heard his mom like yell minutes before or seconds before. I can't even remember. And I was like, what? And he said, he's gone. And I looked at him and I was like, no, he's not. No, he's not. And he goes, you know, and I just remember falling to the ground and just calling my dad a liar. And, you know, I was like, you're lying. Like, did you see his body? Did you see him? And he's like, no, but the cops told me like, and I was like, no. I was like, I don't believe you. Like, I need to see his body. I need to talk to a police officer. And at that point, it's just so frustrating and it's so emotional. And you just, you don't believe it because these are things that you hear about, but you don't live through. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you see in a movie or, you know, it's always like those yeah. gut-wrenching movies never that you, you see. No, it's never you. So... I just didn't accept my dad. You know, I was like, you're lying. You're, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I was just a mad lady at that point. And I, like, demanded for a police officer to come talk to me. I was like, I'm not taking anyone's word. Like, why haven't they came and talked to me, you know? And at that time, I can't remember what this person is. And you might know, but it's, like, the people that come talk to you. He's not a pastor, but... Yeah, I, I, there's an acronym I think for this team. Yeah. Oh, a chaplain. I don't, I don't know if it was. It might have been. Honestly, I don't remember. So yeah, yeah, it's all something over. along those lines. And he came and he was comforting my mother-in-law and he was trying to talk to me and you know pray with us. And I was just like, "Who are you? Like, I have no idea who you are. Where did you come from?" You know, I was like, "I haven't talked to the police." And again, I was in such denial at that time that. I didn't want to hear from anybody that wasn't the police. But obviously the police sent, you know, this person over to us to comfort us and talk to us and all that. And minutes later, the police officer shows up and he, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big old pile of people that love Lorenzo. It's his parents, his godmother, my dad, my brother. It's a lot of us, to be honest. We're at the parking lot at the school and he comes and he's like, I need to talk. He's like, where's Karina? And I'm like, I'm right here. And he just, black and white, just said it. He's like, Lorenzo's dead. Lorenzo's dead. He was, he was in an accident and he didn't make it. He's dead. And I don't remember what was said. I just remember like blocking out pretty much and, you know, crying and, you know, like just losing it. I like, again, these are things that you just see and you hear about, but we, we were 27 at the time and it just felt so unreal because I had just talked to him. He texted me, I'm on my way home. And I remember sitting in my room with the baby and I remember hearing the police but our street is so busy that you hear that if not every day it's definitely on Friday and Saturday and Sunday but and little did I know that that was the last text that I would receive from him and um it was hard it was it completely broke me I remember my dad was trying to take me home to their house and I just couldn't I just wanted to go to our home and the girls luckily had left. My brother had taken them to my mom at that time before we got the news. Oh. So they weren't there, fortunately, for the the news and the reactions. And I'm really thankful for that because Audrina already went through so much. And I think seeing that would have hurt her even more. 
But yeah, so that happened. And I remember hearing, I remember, you know, at the at the place where it happened, we would go and we did a candle, a vigil, and did all those things. And Lorenzo, growing up, he, unlike me, he did have a big relationship with God. He would go to youth, he he would go to church, and he had a big relationship with God. And I remember seeing one of, I think it was one of his youth leaders, he came up to me and his wife, and I think they're pastors now, but they were talking to me and they were telling me just to pray and everything. At that time, I was just so blank and so numb that I was always like when the typical, well, if God is real, why is this happening? You know, and it's not fair. I just had a baby. We were just getting it all together and all that. And so he, he was, you know, telling me things and I, it was just kind of going in one ear and going out the other at that time. And then a couple, like one or two weeks later, we went to meet with the pastor that was going to do Lorenzo's service at a Baptist church in Oceanside. And he asked to meet with me separately from my in-laws. And he sat me down and he's like, how are you? And I was just like, what answer does this guy want? <laughs> I mean, how do you think I am? And mind you, I had never talked to a pastor, let alone privately. So I didn't know how to respond correct, if I had to respond correctly or any of that. And he asked me, he's like, are you mad? And I said, yes. And he's like, are you mad at Lorenzo? And I was like, yes. He's like, are you mad at God? And I was like, and thinking to myself, like, I'm probably going to give the wrong answer, but I'm going to be honest. And, And I go, yeah, I am mad at God. And I am questioning when, you know, everything, I would always hear that everything happens for a reason, but this is the one time that I was like, this doesn't happen for a reason. Like, it's easy to say that with almost everything else. Exactly. And I was a big like, oh, everything happens for a reason or it is what it is. But this situation was like, this just doesn't make any sense. Like the math isn't mathing here, you know? So he goes, it's okay to be mad at God. He goes, God made us human. He knows our emotions. He knows that, you know, we're going to question and everything he made us. And he goes, you need to let him know. He's like, but trust me when I say, and this is where that verse comes in that he says, joyous comes in the morning, you know? And I didn't understand it at the time. And sometimes it's easier than other days, but, you know, I kept it at that. But I think he's the one that really planted that seed in my head that it was okay to be mad at God. It was okay to question him. It was okay to, I didn't have to be this perfect person in order to have a relationship with God. And after that, I, my sister-in-law, Keilani, which you met, she is just a beautiful soul. And she has the most amazing relationship with God. And she's just so young. And I just love that about her. And she would always tell me, you don't need anybody you need God like that's hard to understand but you didn't need my brother you need God and this and that I'm like girl you're just not understanding (laughs) and I'm thinking like you're so much younger than me you haven't been in love you haven't started a family but the little things that she would say just kind of just again planting these seeds in my head that I'm like okay God was bringing in these amazing people into my life you know because he knew I needed them and I needed that that support and I ended up found, finding the church that we go to now, which is Coast City, through my 
now she's my one of my really really good friends Bianca and I was scared of going I'm not gonna lie because I mean it was very much I was always under the impression like if you're a Christian you have to look a certain way and act a certain way and there's that stigma for a lot of people yes yeah definitely so I was scared when I'm gonna stick out like when I go, they're going to know that I'm not, I'm like this new Christian or I'm still questioning myself and my faith, all that. And so I didn't go in person. I think I started watching online little by little. And I, one day we just decided to go, the girls and I, and Kilani would come when she was home from school. And I mean, till this day, it's been, Lorenzo just turned his two-year anniversary on September 10th. And my relationship with God is unbelievable. It's beautiful and it's God isn't done with me yet. I always Amen. tell myself that. I always yeah. tell myself that. Yeah. And I never thought I was going to sit and talk to anyone about my story, let alone be on a podcast and talking about it. But, you know, I think that is so easy to give up your faith when something bad happens or even when something good happens. Well, everything's going good. Why? Why have faith, you know? Or, you know, again, like I said, the typical, well, if God is real, why do good things happen to bad people? Well, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, I strongly believe that there's God's will, there's your will, and then there's the enemy's will. And the enemy can come and try and stir up and you can make your own decisions of your life and your actions. But God's always here. He's going to redeem you. You know, he is going to, like I said, God isn't done. And, you know, I, I think I'm a living proof of that. And with the girls, Audrina, at that age, I was not going to youth group. I did not have a relationship with God like she does. And seeing her blossom into this beautiful relationship that she has with God at such a young age mm. is just it's everything. It's everything. It's, I, I think as a parent, you're like, well, they need to have good grades and they need to have this and they need to have that. But it's like, the one thing I never thought was her having a relationship with God and here she is having no. it. And it's just so beautiful to see like unfold before my own eyes. It's like the best gift a parent could have. Yeah, it's the best, the best. And she had talked about wanting to get baptized for a couple times. And I was always like, yeah, but are you really ready? Like, do you really know what it means? And I was like, I want you to be sure of it. And because she was obviously baptized as a baby, you know, again, Catholic. And she had told me the last time she said, mom, Next time that they do Celebration Sunday and baptisms, I'm getting baptized. Like, I'm so ready. And mind you, we didn't know the date. We didn't know. She just said the next time they do it. So I was like, okay, that's what you want to do. I'm totally supportive. I just want you to know what you're you're agreeing to, like you're this relationship with God and, you know, all that. And she said, yep, I'm ready. And so then we were at service one day and they said the next Celebration Sunday is September 10th. (gasps) That's right. Yeah. So when they said that, I just felt like all the blood just rushed out of my body. And I looked over and our mouth just, our jaws just dropped. And 
I was like, if this isn't God, like wow. this is crazy. This is crazy. And sure enough, September 10th, we went to service and she got baptized and it was so beautiful. After that, we went to the cemetery and we celebrated with Lorenzo and his family. And again, I have the most, I don't think I've said that, but I have the most supportive and amazing in-laws that anyone could ever ask for. So amazing. So amazing. It's Honestly, I feel like I've known them my whole life. They are these amazing humans and it's all of them, all of them. Like we're just, I just fit in, you know, immediately. Like we're loud. You're and we're just crazy. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. We're loud. We're crazy. We're fun. We're, <laughs> you know, they stick together. Like it's so beautiful how they come together when the good times celebrating and then also when it gets hard and sad. They're yeah. just so united and it's just so beautiful. And I'm really lucky that my girls get that. And they've always said, it's not just destiny. It's the girls. Like they are both his daughters and they are going to be, they are our nieces, our granddaughters, our, so they always include Audrina. It's never just. And yeah, I mean, we celebrated and that was the first day that me and his mom, we talked about it the day after and we were just talking about how beautiful service was and the baptism and everything. And she goes, you know, I realized that I didn't necessarily like cry like emotionally on Sunday. Like I was happy with tears of joy. It was obviously that I missed him, but it wasn't like what's been before. And it's crazy because I was like, yeah, me too. I was like, it's, it's us healing. It's definitely us slowly healing, but you know, they're like, they say grief comes in waves. And it sure does. Being, I I was a single mom my whole life and doing it, finally getting a partner and someone to rely on and, you know, a supportive man that loved me. And he was my biggest fan, my biggest hype man. He made me feel so beautiful about myself. And to lose that within a blink of an eye is devastating. It's... It's so like my story was just beginning, so I thought. Yeah. And I I would always tell him like I hope I die first because I don't want to live here without you. I would always tell him that we would be corny and we would always talk about when we buy our house, we want a porch and we want to sit on the porch and things like that. And for that just to be gone within a blink of an eye is it's hard. It's really hard and it's really sad and. I hate, I don't say hate a lot, but I really dislike the fact that, you know, it had to be part of my story in a way. Yeah. But here I am today, like I said, and I think I'm a living proof of, you know, there's always going to be that light. And as long as you rely on God, because we tend to rely on ourselves so much. Mm, Yeah. That we can, I can do it. I'm independent and I'm this and I'm that. And No, that's how it just, it makes it so much easier when you have that relationship with God. And I see myself now and I'm like, wow, like I don't even feel anxiety all the time. I don't, I don't let depression define me. I don't let anxiety define me. I don't let any of these negative things define me. You know, do I feel sad here and there? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. More than the, more than the average person, obviously, but God has got me through so, so much. 
so much in the past two years that it's you know blessings that just don't make sense like right like yeah it's undeniable yeah yeah it's god there's no other you know way to explain it besides you know well this is you know this is god's work when you have to give these you know these trials and these battles to god because we can't fight them on our own Mm -mm. there's no way i mean there's No. no telling where you would be emotionally, no. mentally, spiritually, had you not heard those words from the pastor that planted seeds that one day. And yeah, even though you may not have, <clears throat> excuse me, been in a position to really truly receive some of the things that were coming to you um, in those early days, they, they, they came onto your spirit and, and bloomed at the right time. You talk about your, your sister-in-law who's several years younger than you. And the one time that I did get to meet her at our table, I know she moved away right after that to go to school, mm-hmm. you kept praising her for her faith because she was so strong. And that's her brother. I mean, there's a, it's a different love, but oh my gosh, I know how much I love my siblings. You have brothers yeah. who you love dearly. And it's like her, her pain is um, there too, but she knows her source and her provider yeah. and her rock. Right. And so she was, and is an inspiration for you and for your daughter. And that's what I loved also hearing is that she is such an influence on your daughter's faith too. We all yeah. need role models. We all need people who sow into us and, and live, walk the walk, right. That they talk. And I love that you have someone like her. She's the sweetest. I love her. I think she's going to be an example and kind of a seat planner for a lot of people, just wherever she is and whatever she's doing in her life. And she's got her own testimony. And I also liked how you mentioned that because you're on fire for God and you are standing so strong on your faith and it's so new. I don't think a lot of people would ever guess it's so new, but you talked about how at first you had these hesitations about going to church, right? I think a lot of that's, I, and I relate to that. I remember back in the day when I first started going, I felt, I always felt a little bit out of place. And then I would talk to people who to this day still don't go to church or haven't drawn close to God. These, I'll say excuses that they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm still, I still cuss. I still drink. And it's like, that's not, you come exactly as you are. The change comes after God yeah. does the work after you yeah. just come to him, come as you are. He already knows who you are. He loves you to death. He just wants to have you in his embrace so that he can carry you through life, good and bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's really important because before Lorenzo and I started dating, I was fighting my own issues at home with like my parents and I was that was the first time I ever felt depressed per se, I guess. And again, I leaned on a human. I leaned on the flesh and I leaned on being a typical 20 year old something girl and going out and having fun. And these are temporary fixes that aren't going to, you know, be there that aren't going to give you that love, that support, you know, that guidance that God will give you. And if I wouldn't have drawn to God and I wouldn't had those seeds, seeds wouldn't have been planted in me. I think back now and I'm like, how would 20, early 20 year old me have reacted to this? And I think I'm like, I probably would have gone and like drank or gone out and partied or put a bandaid over the situation 
or I was also a big workaholic, like just be a workaholic and things like that, that you try to cover up the pain with. And, you know, that whole workaholic thing in April, well, January, I had, they told me that my position was going to be done. And here I am. What? I am a single mom of two. I run my own household. I am the sole provider of these two little girls. And you're telling me I'm going to have no job, you know? And honestly, at that time, Barbara, I was so calm. Like, Mm, it sounds crazy. It It sounds crazy. When these are things that I just had my faith, like, God, you got me. That's but that's one thing There's that Lorenzo, a whole different com- level of confidence. Exactly. And that was one thing that Lorenzo always like installed in my head was God got us, babe. God got us. Like that was like his thing. Like he knew it. Did. He knew it. And God got you. Like, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. And sure enough, when I they told me that I was obviously emotional, but it wasn't so much because I was losing my job. It was more like, well, what am I going? I'm going to miss my people. I'm going to miss my every day. I worked here for eight years. This is all I know, yeah. you know, but sure enough, God has other plans. And I think at the time I was just working so hard and I was, I don't think I was grieving properly because I was working so much and you know, I was so stressed out about it that I, after that, I stayed a couple more months. They needed me to stay a little bit longer, but I started my new job that I'm at now. And it's my former bosses that had been with the company also. And now I'm just so calm. I do my job and I clock out and I'm not stressed like I was before with my old job. And I think that was the one thing that I would always pray. Like, I just need healing God. I need healing and here I am. Now I have more time on my hands. I can go to sisterhood. I I open up my Bible, which I never thought I would be, you know, someone that, oh, I'm going to like take some notes and read my Bible. And it's so fulfilling. It's beautiful. It's so crazy. And it's even after sisterhood, like I come home and I'm just like on this high of just like talking about God and how God has worked in so many of our lives, right. you know, yeah. and I just feel like I just want to explode with all like this of him. And I don't want to be, I, I, I try definitely not to be like a pusher on people, but I definitely see what God has done in my life and my daughter's life. And I think just planting those seeds in heads, you know what I mean? And not oh, even yeah. in heads, I think in hearts is very yeah. important because it needs to come organically. It needs to happen because you want to do it. Well, you said the last time that we talked that you just told God, just use me. I'm, I'm, I'm willing and open to, to share my testimony, my story. And I had already asked you if you would come on to the show and you said yes, without hesitation. And then without anybody knowing our, our, our girlfriend, our sister, Miss Kelly at sisterhood mm-hmm. also asked you if you would share your story yeah, she did ask me and it is funny and it's crazy and God listens because right. I always pray that. I always ask God, God, use me as your vessel. When God, whatever it is that you want to get through to someone, speak through me. Like, let right. me be the one. Let me be that voice. And I'm always constantly, use me as your vessel, God. Use me and as he your will. God. And God said, okay, girl, like you're asking, here you go. You gave yeah. the permission. He's going. He's yeah. moving. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when you asked me, I was nervous. And I'm not going to lie, obviously, speaking at Sisterhood is very nerve wracking because it's it's being vulnerable. It's right, being it is. very vulnerable. And I think talking through a podcast is a little bit easier because you can't see my ugly cries and <laughs> the butter <laughs> coming down my nose. It's you know? a whole different thing being in front of a crowd. Yes, definitely. So but I, like I said, I'm the one asking God to use me as his vessel and here he is using me. And who am I to say no to him? Right. All the great things he's done for me. Right. You know, and how maybe my story is going to, you know, get someone through. It will. Know? I mean, there's no question with that. Whenever you have yeah. a story and you share it, it's, there is a, a purpose bigger than we can ever sometimes realize. Exactly. Exactly. So I think um, that's beautiful. So I wanted to say I wanted to just talk about your photos that you guys were so blessed to take these pregnancy photos, you and Lorenzo. And I saw recently you shared one of them on your story. I know they're on your profile somewhere. And I know that's a thing now. It wasn't for me um, back when I first started having kids, but I just look at that, that you have that, something like that, and they came out so beautiful. I I just think it's so precious that you guys did that and have those and you have those um, for your, for your girls now and really beautiful. I saw a short video of Lorenzo and you talked earlier about his, his loud personality. He's talkative alcohol. You could see it all in the short clip of whatever that video was. It was just a few seconds, but I was like, Oh yeah, (laughs) this guy was the life of the party. I can tell. Yeah. 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 And honestly, that's the one thing I tell people like, take the pictures, take the videos. And, you know, I, I was very much like living in the moment all the time that I wanted to enjoy. It's again, it's like, you can do either way. It's living in the moment and just not having your phone on you, just living it and experiencing it. But it's so much more beautiful having these memories to look back at. Right. Because like I said, you know, we're not here forever. And why not have these beautiful memories that I am able now to share with destiny because Audrina has all these amazing, funny, sad, mad memories with him. And, and destiny yeah. is, was only eight months old. So she's going to mm. live off of what we tell her and what yeah. she sees. And how blessed am I to have her dad laughing in a video. Right. Like she yeah. knows what his dad, her dad sounds like yeah. and how goofy he was and those maternity photos. I don't want to toot our own horn, but I just feel like you feel the love through those photos. You do. They are so beautiful. You guys, gotta, yeah. I don't know if your page is public, but if it is, people need to see it. Yeah, they're so, I just feel like the, the love radiates and it really comes through in those photos. And those are things that, like I say to people, you know, take the videos, take the pictures, because that's all we're going to have left, you know, yeah. and those people. It's sad to think like that, but I just, I'm a big, every second now, I'm like that mom that records everything and takes all these pictures. And I'm trying to do it even more like during like family events, because like I said, it's really, it's really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, And I think one thing that I did leave out, which is super important, but I think I just got distracted with the emotions running high, was after Lorenzo had passed in September, late October, um, my mom ended up going into the hospital. I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. 
So she ended up going into the hospital. She's been diabetic my whole life. And her diabetes just took the best of her at the time. And she had to unfortunately have have her leg amputated. Mm. And again, this is things that you're just like, I have to be making all of this up, right? Like, who goes through this? And you know, at that time, I'm thinking, and again, now that I have this relationship with God, it's my rock. God is my rock and, you know, the person I lean on. And but at the time, it's your mom. Like I needed my mom. I my mom was always my my best friend and my support system and, you know, all that. And I lost him and her, you know, pretty much at the same time. She's still here with us, but it's different having your mom on a day-to-day basis available to you that people take it for granted compared to having to go into a nursing facility and seeing her there and not being able to take her home and Christmas, Thanksgiving. It's just, it was so hard for us the first year. Like it was, I think Thanksgiving, I spent it with my dad because those were the holidays. Like Thanksgiving was with my family and then Christmas Eve with my family, Christmas day with his family. And Thanksgiving was just so awkward. Like we, my mom would cook and my dad was trying to cook and it just wasn't going as planned. And it was, we were sitting around the table and you could just feel like the sadness and it was, okay, well, I'm done eating. I'm going to go sit with my mom at the hospital. We took shifts, turns of who was going to go spend the time with her when things like that, that I honestly feel like if I didn't have a relationship with God, I definitely would have lost my marbles. Yeah. That's a lot yeah, and it, it it takes a village. And when all this happened, you know, to me, and I'm not going to say it happened to just me, because obviously, so many people lost an amazing person. And but when we lost Lorenzo, and everything happened to my mom, like, the village really came through God placed these beautiful people like, I want to say all of Oceanside really just came through in such an unbelievable way. You know, we had fundraisers for, you know, Lorenzo to try to get, you know, service because money for his service, because I mean, who has all that money just sitting there, you know, and everybody just came and supported and donated for like, you know, raffles and everything. And it was just so beautiful seeing all of it come together. And the day of his service was huge. So many people came. His parents are Oceanside locals and he was, he played basketball. His brother played basketball and we Big just circle. knew, yeah, yeah. We just knew a lot of people and all the love that these people like had for him. And till this day, it's just really, really heartwarming. And it makes me really happy that he was, and he still is so loved. Yeah. And you draw from the love of others that yeah. you know they have for this person. It just, it, it somehow strengthens and uplifts you. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. I love that. Last thing I wanted to ask you about is your page. You have a page in one of your notebooks Mm -hmm. that I just took note of. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about that. This page came along literally just a couple weeks ago. It, It was that Friday of his accident. So that Friday, I was having a really, really rough day. It's the day that would have been his accident, that Friday night. And I just, I needed a cheat sheet for my own self. It was a page that I named in my notebook, Verses to Read When You Miss Him. 
So mm-hmm. whenever I miss Lorenzo a little extra, I miss him every day. But right. when I there's times where I just I'm sitting there crying and sobbing and two years right. later it's such a real raw feeling that it's still happening till this day. I just read those verses and they just really get me through and it's an easy page that I can just turn to and just to help me give me that strength and give me that peace in my heart that I need at the time. Yeah. I don't think there's any other source like the word of God to just make cause that shift within us spiritually, right? To strengthen us a little bit, to take that edge off or give us that extra, whatever it is that only he can give. Exactly. And I think you said it yourself, you can easily Google what verses to give you strength, verses for grieving, verses, and they're all there. They're all there and verses that you didn't even know. Wow, where did this one come from? And it's just so accessible to us. And I think that that's really important for anyone in general. You don't have to have necessarily lost someone, but I think we all have our days of feeling a little down or feeling Mm -hmm. some stress or whatever it is. And, you know, I think that's really important to have, honestly. I love that. I love that idea of just by, I've always had that idea of doing something by theme. We go through so many hills and valleys throughout life, but when you have a whole bunch of different scripture to read and, and learn and memorize, eventually it just settles into your spirit. Like it just becomes who you are and how you are. Yeah, I love that so much. I just, I took note of that. And I just, I love that you have something like that to just help in any way. It does. It does. And it's just a quick reminder that, you know, God does have a plan for our lives. And it doesn't matter the situation that you're in, you know, he's going to work through it. And the outcome is always going to be beautiful. You know, Mm -hmm. I think even now, like I could stay in this situation, but look at the outcome like I my relationship with God has bloomed so beautiful like honestly like that is more than I could ever ask for yeah because having that relationship you can't say for sure but this may never have happened with you and God and so your salvation I mean Lorenzo was saved he knew he knew God yeah Yeah. you weren't in the same place it sounds like so No. Yeah, we just can't understand all things, but we will. We will one day. And we we do know as believers that it, he is working everything for our good. And it's just uh, a matter of his timing before we come to understand that fully. Exactly. One of the things I like to do, it's kind of new, but is at the end of the show, I like to ask a few questions. I call it bless me with three. So are you game? Definitely. Let's okay. All right. So the first one is, do you have a favorite either scripture or quote that you love to share or just remind yourself of? Yeah, I think the one that is my favorite, there's so many, there's so many. I know. But the one that was actually given to me before any of this even happened, it was something that I hung up in my wall and I would always read it. I'm like, oh, this is so good. But now that I'm going through things, I'm like, wow, this is, this is good. It's, Jeremiah 29, 11, and it's, mm. for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And I, the shoe fits, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the one that I for you now. Yeah, totally, completely. That's yeah. a very popular scripture that I, I do think a lot of people probably don't get the full depth of that verse right away at least but that is a very powerful 
scripture. I love Jeremiah 29:11. Okay, good. I don't know if you're a reader, but if if you are, do you have a favorite book? A book that you love, that you love to gift, or a book that has been life-changing for you? Um, the one book that I think as a child, not as a child, but as a teen, I would always um read and there's so many versions of it is I think it's the chicken soup, right? Or chicken I believe that's what it's called. A, ch- a children or it's honestly it has so many versions. It has like chicken soup for the mother's soul or oh, chicken okay. soup for oh, the Christian God. soul. The okay. one that I grew up reading was the chicken soup for the teenage soul. Ooh. And yeah, so I grew up and when Audrina started middle school, I bought that for her and I, you know, gave it to her. So I gifted her that book. And I, when I lost Lorenzo, I bought the uh, chicken soup for the grieving soul, I think. Wow. Uh, Yeah. They have it for everything. Yes, they do. Honestly, they have it for almost everything. So preteen, women's, women's, Christian teenage. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. There's so many versions of it. And God knows our, our teenagers need all of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good one. Thank you. Okay. And then the last one is who inspires you the most to keep going and just continue being your best, the best version of you? I think the human wise, I think my two girls, I mean, they yeah. definitely, you know, it's hard to be all the time and you know, but they, it's, I have to be raw with them as well. And they have to see that it's okay to be vulnerable and, you know, you can always get through it, but you got to put good God first. And that's the one thing that I really want to have them have this relationship with God, just so they can really feel that when no matter what situation we're put through that you can always trust in God. And those are the two humans that keep me going and drive me nuts and <laughs> of course but it's such a blessing being a mom like oh yeah such oh, a it is. and at that time at 15 14 you know I was sitting there crying I'm pregnant but I, God knew I needed that little girl in my life she's my best friend and she gets me through so much she's I know I look up to her and she's 13 yeah and, she's so inspiring yeah she's such a smart kid and she's athletic and she has a relationship with God and it's, it's just so beautiful to see. So I think that they're my biggest, the ones that keep me going and it's the best gift I could ever ask for from God is being a mom. I agree. There there are times where the kids are just calling me mom because I'm their mom. So they're calling me mom. <laughs> but when I hear it, I, I don't know, something happens. I'm like, oh, what, a, what a blessing. Like, yeah. The yeah, name yeah. is such an honor and such a gift. Yeah. To God. Yeah. I that's that. what I was telling Audrina because Destiny's like, Mommy, Mama. And it's, I just laugh. And I'm just like, Why are you laughing? I'm like, I don't know. It's just so like fulfilling. Like her calling me that. She's like, Well, I call you that too. And I'm like, I know. I was like, like We're really lucky, you know? And she's like, You're corny. Mom. You're weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is definitely a blessing. Oh, and I funny. love it. I knew that I knew that that would be your answer that the girls inspired you the most because my kids inspire me so much yeah. too. So, but I still had to ask you. Yeah. Well, definitely. I want to say thank you. I want to honor you. I love you so much, and I just, uh, you know, you've been through so much, and for to see you 
go through it with God and just, you know, having turned to God so recently is just amazing. But it is a true testament to the power of, of God and what he can do with anybody and any story. Yeah, no, so. it definitely is. And thank you so much. And again, God works in so many mysterious ways. Like he, when you went up there for the first time, I never thought that I would let alone like sit with you or talk to you or, you know, be on your <laughs> podcast. And I feel like you're like my mom from sisterhood and I love it. So Aww. I appreciate you and I love you. And, you know, I thank you for even, you know, having this podcast that people can, you know, relate to. It's really, really, really powerful. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to, to everything that he has in store still for you and for us and this new friendship that we've developed. So yes, definitely. I will see you. I don't know if I'll see you tonight, but I'll see you soon enough. And I will talk to you again. Love you, girl. Sounds good. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.